Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, on a special edition of the Boneyard back on late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, for whichever, uh, whatever your listening preference. A lot has happened since we have, uh, have been together. You know, we had the, with the big Wednesday show. Our regular hum day edition of the yard. We we spoke earlier today, uh, you know, just kind of set up a big week, you know, a big week. And uh, you know, listen, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, there were a lot of people there. One of the things that I want to say: number one, I love Twitter. Okay, I do. I love Twitter. But the best and worst thing about Twitter is that anybody can use it. And then there are a lot of people that get out there and they promote confusion and chaos. And sometimes it's out of ignorance, and sometimes it's out of malice. And so I wanted to kind of review a couple things that have happened tonight that, that will negatively impact your ability to view ball games in person for at least the month of March. 
Since we have been together, the NCAA has announced that the men's and women's NCAA tournaments will be viewed without fans. That does impact impact us here at Mississippi State as the Lady Bulldogs were expected and will host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Fans will not be able to attend. Shortly after the NCAA made their statement, the SEC was one of the last conferences to kind of make the jump, but they have now kind of fallen in line with everybody else that they are going to also forego the fan experience at the remaining games of the SEC basketball tournament. There are two games that have been played, and the Arkansas-Vanderbilt game appears to be the last one of the SEC tournament that fans will be able to attend. There will be some limited family, some limited staffers. Uh, there'll be no pep bands. There'll be no cheerleaders. There'll be no palm squatters. There'll be no Rick's Rowdies or any of that, in no, matter, no matter when you call it, you know. None of those people will be able to attend. There will be credentialed media able to attend the game. There will be no locker room access. I don't know how that all will be handled. Then Mississippi State issued a statement, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you clarification on everything that has been said. So there is no room for interpretation. And then I'm going to tell you what I think it all means. I am not a doctor. I do not work for the Centers for Disease Control. I have no connections at the World Health Organization. But I will share with you what I have learned. I know nothing about the coronavirus other than what I have read online like all the rest of you. And I would encourage you, rather than read articles about coronavirus, maybe go directly to the World Health Organization and or the Centers for Disease Control and read their updates rather than the hysterical narratives written by other people and distributed on Twitter and social media. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. Love them. They love you. They want you to come by and enjoy all of their fine delicacies at Bulldog Burger Company. There are two locations now to serve you. The, the flagship right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, the home of Bulldog Burger Company, will always be the original one. I don't think they're done expanding. I think for the years they will expand the Bulldog Burger Empire. But for now, there are two locations, here on University and then on Tupelo and Gloucester Street. Go by, find your own favorite, so many great options to choose from. You can have an adult beverage, you can have a chocolate shake, but you got to have the spring rolls no matter what you order for your entree. Bulldog Burger Company, without a doubt, the best place to break bread in Starkville and now Tupelo. Go by, check them out. I'm still riding the Lauren train a little bit. You know, I, had, I haven't been this week, but maybe I'll go soon. I always feel like that uh, when I go, I always feel better leaving than when I enter. It's always a good experience. Bulldog Burger Company where people in Starville and now Tupelo go to meet, M-E-A-T. So, let's jump right on this, okay? So, the NCAA statement came out first. Okay, that was the first thing. And uh, a lot of things that were were said, there's been a lot of narratives written, a lot of people voiced their opinion. And then Mark Emmert and the NCAA released a statement today. Says NCAA continues to assess the impact of the COVID-19, that's the coronavirus, and, that, and it's the strand of coronavirus. They're, you know, SARS and all those, are all, they're all part of the coronavirus, I have learned. But this is a pretty wicked strand that is killing people. And in consultation with public health officials and our COVID-19, C-O-V-I-D, 19 advisory panel, based on their advice and my discussions with the NCAA Board of Governors, I have made the decision to conduct our upcoming championship events, including the Division I 
men's and women's basketball tournaments with only essential staff and limited family attendance. While I understand how disappointing this is for all fans of our sports, my decision is based on the current understanding of how COVID-19 is progressing in the United States. This decision is in the best interest of public health, including that of coaches, administrators, fans, and most importantly, our student-athletes. We recognize the opportunity to compete in an NCAA national championship is an experience of a lifetime for the students and their families. Today, we will move forward and conduct championships consistent with the current information and will continue to monitor and make adjustments as needed. Once that hit social media, it spread like wildfire, and then the dominoes kind of began to fall. You know, Big Ten came out, and uh, the Ivy League canceled all spring sports, including college baseball. And uh, listen, it, it's it's easy for us to get emotional and say, well, you know, that's a little bit of an overreaction. You know, I don't know enough about all of this to really sit in judgment of anybody. I just know that it was a bit of a surprise to me. And so it's uh, it's one of those things, too, that impacts Mississippi State. Because of the fact that uh, Mississippi State, again, was set to host the first two rounds of the women's tournament, that'll still happen. You just won't be able to go. And so we'll have to watch on on, on television. You know, media will be there. Uh, I am set to cover baseball at LSU, assuming we play baseball at LSU. And there are a lot of things out there, like I've read that people were panicking about the University of Arkansas has suspended all out-of-state travel. I am told athletics is not affected yet. So as of now, Arkansas is still expected to come play baseball at Mississippi State this weekend. Of course, this is a very fluid situation. Things can change. But as of now, I'm planning to go cover Mississippi State and play Arkansas in baseball. Robbie Falk, our good friend and colleague, is out there in Nashville and was set to cover the men's tournament, and he will continue to cover the men's tournament. But he was there, and word began to spread there in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena that fans were not going to be allowed to attend the rest of the tournament. Of course, at that time, uh, Ole Miss and Georgia were playing, and then shortly thereafter is when Arkansas and Vanderbilt began to play. And at halftime of the second game there, maybe in between the games, Greg Sankey spoke and basically – followed in concert with what everyone else had to say with the NCAA's direction, that sort of stuff. The SEC is elected to, uh, to limit fan interaction. And so here is the statement from Greg Sankey. In light of recent developments beyond our control related to the spread of the coronavirus, including a recommendation from the NCAA COVID-19 advisory panel, and after consultation with our member universities, we have made the difficult decision to hold the 2020 SEC Men's Basketball Tournament in Nashville without spectators, beginning with the games on Thursday, March 12th. Effective immediately, the policy will also apply to other SEC championship events and on-campus regular season scheduled through games scheduled through at least the end of March. And, and you notice that phrasing, I think, is rather interesting, at least through the end of March. So there's no guarantee once we get to March 30th, they're going to say, okay, come right back. They're going to reevaluate and kind of assess where the situation is before they allow fans, fans to return to SEC venues. Returning to the statement, after conferring with local and national health authorities, we remain confident in our ability to safeguard the health and well-being of our student-athletes, coaches, 
and other staff who will be participating as well as the limited number of family members and media who will be in attendance at the tournament. We regret the inconvenience and disappointment this decision has caused our fans, especially those who have already traveled to Nashville for the tournament. It is one of those things, and these are my comments, there are a lot of people that look forward to going to the SEC basketball tournament, whether their team is really in contention or not. It is a great event. If you have never been, you understand sometimes you get those you know full session passes and you go to every game and you get a chance to just really enjoy some very competitive basketball this time of year. It is a great event. And there are a lot of people, this is their vacation. A lot of schools are on spring break and they take their kids and they just go down there and watch basketball. Well, now that's not going to happen. And that's a Nashville community that was uh, recently wrecked by those tornado, tornado and those uh, horrendous storms down there. That's in a local economy that could certainly use the influx of cash from tourists. Well, that's not going to happen now. A few other steps that the SEC says that they will do, some enhanced health measures for the SEC tournament, is the use of hospital-grade disinfectant to sanitize locker rooms before teams arrive and immediately upon their departure. Sanitation of game balls with hospital-grade disinfectant after each game practice. Sanitation of team benches plus band and cheerleader seating areas following each game. Hand sanitizers disinfectant wipes, Lysol spray, and team locker rooms. Hand sanitizers at the scorer's table and officials' locker rooms, operations, offices, and media areas. Uh, listen, I, you know, I know we're in a heightened sense of cleanliness right now, but uh, and this sounds like I'm, I'm, I sound like your mom, I'm sure, but you got to be washing your hands anyway. And it's one of those things that yeah, having discussions with people sometimes I don't know that we have we are mutually aligned with our goals in life. You know, when I wash my hands, it is not really for your protection; it is for my protection because I don't know when I shake somebody's hand if they have washed their hands and if they're not passing on some type of pathogen to me. And so I wash my hands regularly because of the fact that, you know, when I drink or anything else like that and I put my hands on my face, I don't want to take your germs into my system. And so I wash my hands to prevent that from happening. I also want, as a secondary function, I don't want to pass anything on to you that I might have picked up by shaking somebody else's hands. But, you, but wash your hands. You should wash your hands anyway. I don't know when that got out of style. Uh, so that's where we stand with that. And then Mississippi State officially, uh, finally offered some clarification, and made a statement of their own. Sure, I'm going to read you the full statement. It is, uh, it, it is a little short, but I will read it to you because I think it's important. Because some of this impacts you financially. There are many of you that are season ticket holders for Mississippi State Baseball. There are many of you that have purchased tickets to uh, you know, single games or whatever. And so you need to know where to get your money back. So according to the state, the statement from Mississippi State, following guidelines from the Southeastern Conference, Mississippi State Athletics announced Wednesday evening that beginning Thursday, March 12th, and proceeding through at least Monday, March 30th, attendance at all MSU athletic events will be limited to student-athletes, coaches, event staff, essential team and conference staff, credentialed media, and immediate family members of the participating student-athletes and coaches. Updates following that time frame will be communicated as soon as information becomes available. And this is the part that I think is important for all of you. All, and, and repeat, that says all, all ticket purchases for MSU baseball and the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship will be refunded within 30 days. Those who purchased individual game tickets to baseball during the March 12th through 30th period 
will be refunded or issued a credit for future purchases. Baseball season ticket holders will be refunded or issued a credit in the amount of the value of those games in your season ticket package. Let me re repeat that last sentence one more time. For season ticket holders, you will be refunded or issued a credit in the amount of the value of the games in your season ticket package. So that's for what has been what you may miss, okay? If you would prefer a credit for future purchases, which I recommend, but you know each person's situation is different, please call the ticket office at 662-325-2600 or email, which is probably preferable, there will be a lot of people calling. I would suggest emailing tickets at athletics.msstate.edu. Again, that's tickets at athletics.msstate.edu. We appreciate the understanding and patience of our fans during this process as phone lines will be busy. Again, that's why I say probably email. That way you've got a written record of your request and everything else. Email them. If you were not able to reach a ticket office via phone, please send an email. Again, as your good friend and host, let me tell you, send the email. A member of the ticket office will respond to your email within five business days, and that'll be just fine. You weren't, you didn't need that, but you weren't expecting to have that money anyway. Email them. That's a whole lot better than leaving a message. I'm telling you, anytime that there is anything involving financial matters, you want a written record anyway. Send an email. MSU Athletics will continue to monitor and evaluate the COVID-19 situation with university leadership, the SEC, and NCAA, taking all precautions to protect our student-athletes, coaches, staff, fans, and community remains our top priority. So that's kind of where we are with all that. It is a shocking day. This is kind of an unprecedented day, at least in my lifetime. I, I do not remember a time that we have ever had a situation like this, but, but because of a potential illness that uh, we have elected to not allow spectators to attend sporting events. I recall back several years ago, we played a state championship basketball game or something similar. We had a basketball game in Jackson. Uh, due to the ferocity of rivalry, we didn't allow fans to, to, to attend that game. And that was kind of unprecedented as well. This is a different situation entirely because this is this involves a you know, a virus that is killing people. And, uh, you know, I listen, I get the fact that the mortality rate is, is very small or whatever, but I also understand, too, erring on the side of caution has never really hurt anybody. I can't say that I've got a strong opinion either way. I am still taking it all in. I'm rather shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. I understand basketball arenas and that sort of stuff. It's kind of a confined area, and people sit right on top of each other, and, and, and you never know. The NBA has elected to suspend it the regular season, and they said suspend, not cancel. They are suspending the season while they figure out what they would do as a player tested positive. That same player blew and touched on microphones. I don't, I don't know what all that was about. I won't sit here and assign motive. Uh, but I will tell you that um, these are unprecedented times. The NHL is making some decisions about their own season. Not sure what to make of that either. Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, over in Australia filming a movie about Elvis Presley. And Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have been uh, diagnosed with the coronavirus over there. So this is something that is no respecter of persons. And there are a lot of people out there that 
have kind of dismissed this and there are other people that have kind of overreacted, I guess you could say. Uh, and so I think it's important to just kind of, you know, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I know there are some people that they will make the run and, and buy up all the milk and bread that they could possibly find. Uh, I don't believe this is a, a red dawn type situation where we should all just kind of run for the hills and pack up and live off the fatted land. I don't think it's that kind of situation at all. But again, uh, I, I am not an expert in contagion or anything like that. I, like all of you, I am just simply listening to the experts and kind of waiting to see how that, that, that how things develop. As it stands right now, we plan to play baseball this weekend. And again, I read some people, I've had a, probably a dozen people share with me that the University of Arkansas has banned all out-of-state travel. I am told that does not impact athletics, but we'll see. You know, who knew this morning that they would suspend the NBA season? This morning, we would think that's all crazy talk. But as soon as the NCAA elected to take these preventative measures, then the snowball began to really roll downhill. At this point, I have absolutely no idea what to expect for this weekend. But as of now, I'm planning to go cover a ball game. Just don't know. We may find out more tomorrow. I know that I have read with great interest uh, at the World Health Organization that uh, you know, new cases in China and South Korea are down dramatically over the course of the last two weeks, and maybe it's just kind of our turn and how we handle this. I am not going to get into any political issues or anything like that and talk about how the federal government has handled this. I think a lot of that stuff is, off, is, is unwarranted. When people are dying, it is not something that we should politicize. I think it's just about let's all look out for each other. Let's all look to protect each other, and let's make sure that we're doing the things to take care of ourselves and our families, period. And as much as I love sports, sports is secondary to that. Now, could we have an overreaction here? That's certainly possible. Certainly possible. And I'm not going to sit in judgment of anybody who makes these decisions and say they should make them. You know, we can make these games up. We can, uh, we can make some changes. You know, I don't know what the right answer is. But I do know that as of this point, no one, no fan will be able to attend any SEC sporting event through March 30th. So, as of now, the media is expected to be able to attend. I don't know why. I guess it's one of those things they figure, you know, we're just not a huge crowd or whatever, so the risk is diminished, and maybe they'll test us. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. But I know as long as they're going to allow us to go cover the ball game, we're going to cover it for you. We're going to do our best to go out there and cover the ball game and try to give you guys, you know, an accurate picture. I guess that the, uh, you know, people will be burning up the apps because they won't have an opportunity to see many of the ball games, and maybe people decide to go do other things with their time and maybe get some of the honeydew stuff done in advance of football season, and then and then maybe they go back and read our content. I don't know. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, you know that I'm overly concerned or I'm under concerned or I'm living in denial or try to make light of any of this because I, I never in a million years expected them to take these steps, and it is incredible what has happened here in just a few hours. We were kind of living life as we knew it this morning, and then yeah, I understand. I guess late yesterday I was heard that they uh, they were going to uh, cancel Coachella for this year. It's a big music festival out there in, in California began to kind of see uh, South by Southwest. So you kind of began to see some undercurrent yesterday. 
and, and just so you guys know, this is going to be a bit of an abbreviated show. So I'm not, we're not going to do all the sponsorships today because of the fact this is a this is a special edition show. I'll be back on Friday, and uh, we'll have some more information on for you on Friday, and we'll begin to kind of look at uh, preview the SEC baseball weekend, hopefully, and uh, be able to kind of prepare. And uh, you know, again, my expectation right now is for us to play baseball. And after what's happened in the last couple of days, my hope is we get to play baseball because we're playing pretty well. So with that, let me remind you too, our good friends at Campus Bookmark, our longtime sponsors. I'm only going to do our local sponsors for this show. I know I've, I've got a lot of sponsors as of late just because it's March Madness. But Campus Bookmark, please, 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 please go by and see Stan and man. Miss Kathy Ray, the lovely, talented Susie. They're there to take care of you. They love you. They'll take care of you. Uh, if you are looking for the latest in maroon and white fashions or any novelty items or way to decorate your home, your office, your RV, your pet, anything like that, you can find it at Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, visit them at campusbookmart.net. And, and by being loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase and paste, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So, on a happier note, there was baseball tonight, so let's uh, let's run through some of that, shall we? Mississippi State played exceptionally well. I mean exceptionally well down in Biloxi. Huge, huge, huge midweek series win. You know, when we scheduled Texas Tech, I, th- I think people are like, all right, okay, all right, all right, let, let's get it in. And then we win last night, and you're thinking, well, all right, we've already won one. The, the second one's a bonus. Well, welcome to your bonus, baby, because we win again. So let's run through this ball game, and then we'll look around the league and kind of see what happened and kind of, again, kind of look ahead to the weekend, and then we'll get ready to go on Friday. Mississippi State had Texas Tech covered in and made one 12 in a row. They leave town having lost two in a row. Mississippi State now 12-4. and four. A winning weekend this weekend would make uh, would really make for a great week and help us tremendously in the rankings. So we begin this thing going out here, and um, so they open they open up with an infield single, and it was one of those plays where Jordan Westberg, you know, had to go deep in a six hole, made the jump and throw, just couldn't get him. Uh, Marisak beats it out. Conley flies out to center field, and then we had a play where we had picked the guy off, and it looked to me it looked even at first blush he looked safe. They call him out, they review it, he stays on, and then uh, he tries to steal, gets thrown out. Great throw by Logan Tanner, and an even better tag by Jordan Westberg. Klein walks, and still well walks, looks like we're in some trouble, and then we get Masters to ground out. And I really thought Carlisle Kessler, once he got through that first inning, really looked good. I, you know, this is the thing that you begin to think about. With Bad and I are going out there and, and pitching on Saturdays, and then with Houston Harden stepping up as one of those midweek spots, and then you got Kessler out there too, you begin to think, okay, our starting pitching is pretty doggone good. We, even without JT Ginn, who, who was our ace, we have got enough depth that we can go out there and compete. And we've now taken two with two midweek pitchers against one of the top offenses in the country. We come out and tie in the first, top in the bottom of the first, pardon me, Rowdy Jordan, Jordan Westberg, Josh Hatcher, all. Um, come in come and hit the hit, put the ball in play. That, that was the thing, too, that I thought early on with this, is we were really hitting the ball and making solid contact. Josh Hatcher continues his hot hitting. He gets a single through the right side. 
And then Jordan Fosky really battles there and then absolutely rips a laser to left right at the left fielder. And while we got out of the deal and we didn't have much to show, we just had the one hit, we lost left one on base. I felt, you know what, this guy's not going to be around long. He ultimately stayed longer than I expected. But you felt like, you know what, we are, we're hitting the baseball hard enough. We're eventually going to get to him. Kessler again settles down in a second, but he does give up a, you know, uh, gets a single to the left field, and then we get a pop out, a strikeout, a ground out right out of the inning. Very efficient inning for Kessler. Hancock comes up with a single. Man, Luke Hancock, good ball game for him, perhaps his best game of the season with a single up the middle. Uh, Cameron James strikes out swinging. Pimentel strikes out swinging. And then uh, we take we take second on a wild pitch. Logan Tanner walks, and Cumbus pops up to the first baseman. But, again, it felt like we were on the verge of breaking through. The good thing is we get through the order in just two innings. Kessler gets a 1-2-3 inning in the third. We come back at the top of the order for us in the bottom of three. Rowdy Jordan doubles down the right field line. And, man, is he swinging it well as of late. Westberg gets a single. Rowdy takes third. They might have sent him there. Cheeseboro likes to hold him. Works out okay. Josh Hatcher hits a ground ball, drives and runs. It's a tie ball game. And it was one of those things, too, where it was hit so deep in the hole at second that uh, the, the second baseman ranging to his left only had the one play, and that was to get Hatcher at first. And that's what you want to do. Hit that ball to the right side. Say, I'd little play if you can. You get the run home and keep a runner in scoring position. Foskey flies out, and then Hancock grounds out. And again, Hancock making pretty good contact there, just kind of hit it right at him. Kessler comes back out, gets a fly out, then a hit by the pitch, but a strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging. At that point, you really felt like he had settled in. Yeah, he let one pitch get away from him, but it really felt like he was kind of dictating terms. He was in an advantage count every every at bat in that inning. Gets gets still well on the first pitch. He hits Masters on a no one pitch, and then gets news to strike out on a one two pitch. And Rombach, who's their big home run hitter, on a one two pitch. Really, really good inning with him. Goes out, gets a lot of first pitch strikes, and then kind of dictates terms of the at bat. State doesn't do much in the fourth inning. We come back and we get a foul out to first. And Cam James Pimentel strikes out looking. I really thought it was a, a very hittable pitch, but uh, kind of borderline. Uh, Logan Tanner singles back up the middle, and, man, I think we have found our catcher of the future, just a freshman. Excited to see what Logan Tanner's going to do. Had a big, what, 12-pitch at bat earlier. He worked for a walk. Cumbus hits it hard but flies out to left, and the inning is over. But, again, we've turned the order over again in a matter of two innings. And when you start getting your leadoff guy up four or five times ball game, chances are you're going to do pretty well. We get to the top of five. They get a leadoff single from Kelly. Then we get uh, a ground out because they sagmunt the guy around. And then fortunately, we get a we get a foul out right out there to left field. Great play by Brandon Pimentel. Didn't know if he was going to have room there. Just, he had to run a long way. A lot of people would have given up on it. He didn't. Runs it down. We get that. And then Connolly doubles, and uh, it's a base hit. And they score. Uh, so now all of a sudden, it's a 1-1 ball game. You know, we jumped out ahead one nothing. They score right there. Klein grounds out, we get out of the inning. It's one of those things, you know, it, it felt like that run, it felt like a big run at the time just because it tied the game, but it was one of those things where after Connolly doubled, I thought, okay, Kessler might be done right here. And so if they get a couple more hits, we might get down in this thing. And the way that we were hitting baseball, I felt like we'd score some runs, but uh, in the middle of the inning, in the middle of the ball game, it just kind of felt like Kessler was beginning to fade just a little bit. He's able to get out of it with a ground ball to Hatcher, 
So it's 1-1 one, one after 5. State comes out again and, uh, you know, one two three inning for us. We just didn't do a whole lot there. And, again, they had settled just a bit pitching. We bring in Riley Self, who was sparkling. And that's the thing if you, you begin to think about. It. We talked about Spencer Price on the show this morning. And he came, comes in and gets a save again tonight. But um, to get Riley Self and Spencer Price, two guys that have pitched some big innings for Mississippi State in their career, they weren't their best last year. So we get them back, and uh, to have them come back and pitch as well as they are right now really bodes well. It really bodes well because you got veterans, but you also have talent. You also have guys that are kind of battling back from injury, so they have a new lease on their pitching life. So Riley comes in, gets a strikeout swinging of Stillwell, strikes out Masters looking on a backdoor breaking ball that was a thing of beauty, and then gets a pretty weak pop-up from Noose uh, to second base. We get into the six there, and again, we're in the middle of the order, and you think we've got to make some things happen here. Foskey strikes out looking, didn't even argue. It was really a great breaking pitch. And just and Usually on that 2-2 count, you think he's going to try to get a swing and miss, and the ball's going to dip by the zone. He takes a little bit off of it, allows it to stay in his own. Just a great pitch. Foskey didn't even argue, just walks to the dugout, which is what a pro would do. Hancock grounds out the second. Cameron James, two-out hit there. Two-out hit to the left side, keeps the inning going. Pimentel singles to the right side. Now we've got runners in second, first and second. Logan Tanner strikes out swinging. Just couldn't piece it together there. But again, you know, we're making contact in the bottom half of the order. Top of the seventh, Riley Self still back in the ballgame there. One, two, three inning for him. A fly out, ground out, and a fly out. Very, very efficient inning for him. It's just, you know, that's the thing. Riley Self... Could be if he can go back to that long relief form that he was at a couple of years ago, and Spencer Price can recapture that closing role. Uh, it I think it spells success for Mississippi State. So we have flirted with him long enough, and we finally get into the bullpen. And if you watch the broadcast, they had talked extensively about how great Brustowski had been for them. He had been an absolute star for them. Opponents were hitting like uh, one eleven against him before the ball game. And they were bragging about his fastball and everything. It did not work out well for him. Cumbus comes in and flies out to center field, and he just hits it to the biggest part of the ballpark. He hits it really well. If he pulls that ball to left, it might have been a home run. He absolutely crushed it. And the way that he was able to turn on that fastball, I think it gave the rest of the lineup a little, little confidence. You, think, you know what? We can go out there and hit this guy. Rowdy comes up and singles to left on a full count. Then he's still second clean. Westbrook strikes out swinging, so there's two outs. So we've got a runner in scoring position with two outs. Josh Hatcher comes through again, nearly hits it out of the ballpark. If that, if that, if we're hitting at, at Duty Noble Field, it's a home run. But because of the fact that you're hitting into the bay out there, Mississippi Sound, uh, you know the wind kind of blows it down for you. Off the wall there, it's a double, huge hit in the ball game. They uh, they left Brustowski and. Uh, <laughs> Bringing bringing another pitcher and uh, didn't work out well for him. He throws a wild pitch on the very first pitch, ends up walking Foscue, and then Luca Hancock just absolutely crushes a double the other way, drives in another run. Next thing you know, it's three one. Lennon Jordan pitch hits for Cameron James. Nothing happens there. They make another pitching change. They get a ground out and get out of the inning, but the damage is done. It's a three one ball game, and that's why again, that's the heart of your order of getting it done. 
that's the stars. You think, okay, Rowdy Jordan, the rally starter there. Uh, Hatcher is a three-hole hitter, comes through, and he is in that spot as a run producer. He gets it done. Foscu, not your typical cleanup guy. He will he will let you walk him to extend the inning. And then Luke Hancock picks him up. That's what you expect to happen. Just good team baseball there in the seventh. We make it 3-1. Bring in Jackson Forrester in the eighth. And, uh, you know, got off the – started strong, you know, gets a strikeout swing, and then we get a walk there. And I really thought we kind of had a tough luck call earlier in that count. It is what it is. We get a foul out. You know, Klein's one of their stars, former uh, former East Mississippi Community College product, Klein, fouls out third base, and it looks like we're going to be able to get out of it without any damage. We get a wild pitch, and the next thing you know, they hit a single, and uh, and the run scores. And again, if, if, if you don't have the wild pitch there, he's not in scoring position, there's a chance you hold him up there. But because of the fact you had the wild pitch, you gift those people a free base, a lot of times it comes back to get you. So now it's three to two. We get to the eighth, and man, how great would it have been to add an insurance run? We had some opportunities. We just simply couldn't take advantage. Pimentel strikes out looking, and, and listen, that ball was down, but it's too close to take on three two. It was a fastball right around the knees, middle of, middle of plate, and uh, you know, I get it. You're trying to, to open an inning. And that just will come with some experience. You got to pull the trigger on that one. You absolutely have to. Okay, Logan Tanner walks, and it's a 3-2 on a 3-2 count. They change pitchers again. Compass reaches on the fielder's choice, and then they throw the ball in the stands. You know, <laughs> uh, Rowdy Jordan walks, and you're thinking, okay, we got a chance here. And then Westy pops up to the second base. Westy is kind of hit or miss in his club situation. Got to get that figured out. We get into the ninth. And I, I'll be honest with you, when Spencer took the hill, I did not feel the least bit worried because he, again, he is really rounding back in the form. And I talked to him at a book signing earlier this year. He and his parents came in, wonderful people, went to DeSoto Central. You know what a, you know what a baseball pipeline there is there, just a great program up there. And he told me they were ready. And he felt like he said he is the best he had felt in three years. And it shows. It shows on the field. He, so Price comes in. Uh, gets news to fly out to left field, pretty much a routine fly ball. They pinch hit uh, Jung for Rombach, and Rombach's a big home run guy. And you would think, you know, with the, you know, they're trying to set up variety lefty matchups. But I, you know, if I got a guy to sweep my team in home runs, I'm gonna let him swing. And Jung strikes out swinging, and then they pinch hit again. Rumfeld pitch hits for Kelly, another righty lefty matchup, and he lines out a second. And that's where the shift works because we're playing a big infield there with two outs, right? And we got Foscue playing basically a short field position makes a nice play over his head to end the game, and it's a 3-2 win. And there were a lot of people, you know, over the weekend, they were thinking, you know, this Mississippi State team, not so sure about them. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, wait a minute, hell, now, now they're living up to what we expect them to be. Riley Self credited with the win, his first of the year. Spencer Bryce works a perfect night and uh, gets his second save in as many days. So now we're, we're, on, we're home now, and we have an opportunity to get a day off and to kind of uh, – absorb all of the news and kind of prepare. That's the thing you begin to think about is you kind of lose the home field advantage when you don't have fans there. Yes, it's your ballpark. Yes, you get the hit last and that sort of stuff. But it is a different deal. It's a much different deal. I know many of you wanted to come in here and get on the Razorbacks, uh, but that's not going to happen. Now we're just going to have to go play, but it's going to take some time to kind of adjust and figure these things out. You know, I mean, we've played a lot of inter-squad scrimmages in the fall. We've even played uh, – 
you know, some scrimmages against some other teams, but we did have a small collection, a small smattering of fans attended those ball games. But it'll be a different deal. And but either way, we're going to go play ball. I mean, that's the again, unless something changes tomorrow, we're going to plan on playing baseball this weekend. I, I can't begin to tell you what it all means, but I can tell you that we need sports. And if we can play sports in a safe environment, with or without fans, I think that'll help us kind of work our way through this crisis. Because when you, you don't have things to distract people from all this, they don't have some form of entertainment, the quality of their life is diminished. And so my hope is, and you can probably hear a little bit of filthiness in my voice, because I, I just hope they don't decide, you know what, let's just go ahead and cancel all spring sports. We've already seen some schools decided to cancel spring football. You know, we don't need to cancel spring football because we're installing a new offense. And if these guys are going to be around each other every day in the weight room and every day, you know, in classes and meeting rooms and that sort of stuff, you know, chances are they're going to be okay. They can test all those guys. They can monitor them. You would think they'd be able to protect them. But I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. But my hope is they can figure out a safe way to make all this work out. And again, I, I believe in erring on the side of caution, but I also think sometimes, too, we can get a bit hysterical. This seems to be a little bit hysterical, but at the same time, if it saves lives, it's worth it. Sports is not worth that. I would not trade the lives of anybody in my life just so you could go watch sports. I just wouldn't do it. And so my hope is whatever this situation is, whatever the solution is, that it passes very, very quickly. That's my hope, and I know that you share in that hope, and my hope is that uh, when we speak tomorrow on Friday, I guess today is actually Wednesday, this will be the Thursday show for many of you, when we speak together on Friday, my hope is we're preparing to go play ball and not talking about the loss of a season or a loss of a series or loss of a weekend or loss of a month. You know, I, don't, I just don't know what to, to tell you about all that, but I do know that uh, the sports is important to our culture here in the United States. It is. It is the time, and I, I believe I believe it was Bill Curry that said it best. When you, if you watch those Saturday Down South or Saturdays in the South feature on uh, on the SEC Network, which was fascinating, I loved it. It's right after nine eleven. Bill Curry was on his way to call a ball game, and, and he stopped at some uh, rural you know gas station in Alabama, and they he'd asked you know hey, when the gas station attendant asked him, he said, hey Bill, coach, we're gonna play ball this weekend. He goes, yeah, I think so. And while he was there, he gets a phone call that they've canceled the ball games. He told him. And he goes, they, he, the guy got really mad. And he goes, well, Coach, I'll tell you one thing. He goes, right down the street here on Friday night, we're going to play football. Because that's what this community needs. And I understood it. And, and I love the way that Coach Curry said it. He said, you know what? He said, that's when we huddle as a community. That's when we gather as a family. That's when we can put our political differences aside, our socioeconomical differences, all that behind us. We can put our religious discussions on hold. We can just get out there and just unite under a team banner and support these young kids and support our players. I get it. I understand it. Live for that sort of stuff. And I hope you do too. And my hope is, is that some of these interruptions in sports in some communities and at some level and in some leagues is short-lived. Like the NBA has suspended their season. Pardon me. They haven't canceled it. They have suspended it. And so my hope is perhaps once they get some more information, they're able to maybe test their players and maybe kind of quarantine them off from other people, you know, perhaps they'll be able to, to re resume their season in some capacity. 
I know it is going to be very, very different for everybody involved to watch and, and see ball games without the crowds. How many times do you see teams respond to the energy of the crowd? We're all part of it. That's a huge part of the home field advantage. And I don't, I think basketball, of course, is one of the areas that the home court advantage matters, matters most of all. The home fans make a difference. I think that matters. I think that's a huge part of the intimidation factor. When teams go on the road, it's not it's, it's not that the, the gym is any different. It's not that the shooting backgrounds are that different. It's the fact that you got to go on the road, you got to hear people tell you how rotten you are. It's a different deal. It just is. When you have somebody cheering your every step and then cursing every step of your opponent, you would have a, a uh, an advantage. But my hope is wherever you are today that you are far, far, far from harm's reach. Hope that you, no one you know is having to uh, to deal with any of this. You know, it is a bit of an inconvenience, but uh, at the end of the day, if this inconvenience saves lives and prevents the spread of this uh, deadly disease, then, then it is the right decision. But again, I will not sit in judgment of those decision makers, but my hope is, is for all of you, you're not having to deal with any of that other than perhaps maybe not being able to attend some sporting events that you would hope to attend. And my hope is they will continue to play those games and you'll at least be able to witness them on television. That's that's the hope. Well, I guess that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. Again, tomorrow we'll do a full show. This actually went a little bit longer than I expected, but I wanted to make sure that we communicated information out to you, to their, to you as quickly as possible and as accurately as possible. I know there are a lot of people out there that are going to have a lot to say. This is a very developing situation. Things change rapidly. So by the time we get together, things may be completely different than they are right now. Don't know what we'll be talking about then. But I think we just take it a day at a time, and I think it's best not to get too far down the road and begin to speculate and get all hysterical and think, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? All I know is today, and I live in today. I make a daily decision every single day to live in today. But as of today... We're planning to play ball this weekend against the University of Arkansas, and I hope that that happens for us and that we have a season of some sorts and that it won't be long before we're all able to go back and celebrate Dirty Noble Field. I don't know that anything happens in time for us to be able to go back in Humphrey Coliseum to celebrate the men's and or women's basketball programs this year. I think we have seen our last game in Humphrey Coliseum uh, this year, and not because the Mississippi State may not be in the NIT and the women wouldn't, wouldn't host. I think it's, uh, it's pretty safe to say that we are not going to see basketball in person uh, the remainder of this year. But hopefully we'll get a chance to see some baseball. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.